0: Okay, y'all, thanks for tuning in. This is Matt Lautner. We have the uh, simulcast release of the uh, breeder of Riverstone Charm, Tim Matthews, joining MLC Canada Manager Curtis Reed on the Life Stock Podcast. Be sure to follow on iTunes and Spotify. Um, Just a little background, Curtis has been representing Matt Lautner Cattle in the Canadian market for around 10 years. I've uh, went up to... uh, alberta saskatchewan manitoba and ottawa in years past to uh, visit with breeders uh not so much since the covid deal but uh curtis is a good really good friend he's a ginger and uh i think you're going to really enjoy this interview about riverstone charmed and uh the beginnings of the jumpstart line of genetics that's going to last for a long long time enjoy thank you very much curtis
1: Welcome everyone to the Livestock Podcast. I'm your host, Curtis Reed. This episode's a little bit different, a little special in terms of this will be a simultaneously released episode along with MLC's The Big Show. Now Matt Lautner and I have had a relationship, friendship stretching back several years. You know, he took uh, a leap of faith with me in sending up a whack of semen to Canada and letting someone that he'd barely met, didn't know it all, but just told him, I'm going to do the best I possibly can in representing the brand and selling some semen. So that's how I I got to know Matt. But Matt called me and we talked quickly about his new bull jumpstart and the Riverstone Charmed, and he asked me if I knew the breeders of Riverstone Charmed from up in Alberta, Canada. And I said, yeah, I do, I know Tim and Kim Matthews. I bump into them at some events, different things, especially at Calgary Stampede, watching their daughter show, some steers. And he asked me if I'd be able to line up an interview. And lo and behold, that was actually on my podcasting list, like, you know, guest list, different things. I have a note where I want to talk to people about influential cows and in the businesses of. You know, different breeds, whether that's Angus or Simi. Now we're talking about limousine cattle and and uh, really we'll get into it on the podcast. But, you know, something neat there. So without uh, further ado, we're going to jump into our go and show and segment. And just a reminder out there, make sure you're calling into Kloss and Cattle Equipment. Mention you listen to the Livestock Podcast because you can get a ne- deal on their brand spanking new to them adjustable portable alleyway system and bud box so make sure you mention that you heard this on the livestock podcast to cold Goad, and you can find all their information at clawsoncattleequipment.com and that's clawson with a k thanks again to tim matthews for hopping on to talk about riverstone charmed and let's get to it here and have a listen If you're enjoying the podcast, please feel free to recommend us to your friends. Subscribe on your favorite podcatcher. Leave us a rating. Write us a review. Help share our social media posts online. We're having a lot of fun in what we're doing. Bringing some stories of Canadian producers. Talking about building networks and and chasing our dreams within the business that we're loving. So, Tim, we're going to jump into it here. And... We'll talk to you on the backside. So, on the line with me now, with the livestock podcast in conjunction with MLC's The Big Show, is Tim Matthews of Riverstone Charm. So, thanks for hopping on to have a chat with me tonight, Tim. Well,
2: I'm glad to be on,
1: Curtis. Yeah, it's uh, you know one of these deals where as Canadians we're always extremely proud when we see Canadian genetics that move down south or whether it's semen or embryos or whichever it is but we follow along and we see that pedigrees that lineage having great success in the United States and we're all extremely proud of that so I figured we should talk about that a little bit just in terms of the charmed 50c cow and You know, now with Matt owning a son of 50C and starting to market some semen on that, I just figured you and I could have a little chat, a longer form than maybe Matt's podcast that go the five to 20 minutes. You know, every now and then Matt's starting to get longer winded at 20 minutes instead of just five, but uh, maybe a little bit of an inside joke there. Uh, Just in terms of, your program why don't you start us off a little bit with maybe the history because you know your family sure are not strangers to the limousine game and you know high-end seed stock that gets marketed within north america okay
2: well i guess i'm a fourth generation rancher um i grew up west of calgary and our family farm had been there since the early 30s um we I uh grew up with both Angus and Limousin cattle. Um we we uh had we've been one of the few uh um Angus breeders to uh be a century to hit a century mark in Canada. Um then with that said, also we were one of the first uh people in on the Limousin breed in the early 70s when they first came over to Canada.
1: Um, Congratulations and- on the century mark. I didn't know that.
2: Yeah, it's uh it's kind of cool, it's a cool lineage, and uh, um, you know I'm just proud to carry on being a, a fourth
1: generation rancher. Oh, well, that's neat. So, from for anyone kind of listening and thinking about the the history side, when we talk about the century mark and the Angus being one of the first importers, major players in the limousine breed coming into Canada, you and your father would have run under the name Highland, correct?
2: That's correct,
1: Highland yeah. stock bars. Yeah, and it was no, you know, no secret that if you were out looking for something with some quality, and any time that y'all showed up in the barns at Agribition, you always had a an extremely strong string, really high quality cattle. I I remember that from the Highland days. Well, thank you. I mean,
2: we, we've always tried to produce our best. So.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And now, okay. just. I guess because I'm a little bit nosy, where does the the name Riverstone come from in you know rebranding as as yourself and Kim?
2: well it wasn't anything uh specific put it that way um, but it was in in two thousand and fifteen that we uh, decided to, to part ways uh, when we moved up in, to olds in o five, we were still under the Highland umbrella, so to speak. And in 2015, that's when we decided to uh, uh, officially branch off on our own. And, um, and that's, that's when we uh, uh, branded the Riverstone Cattle Company oh, as nice. our own that way. Yep. And uh, so um, with that said, uh, there's really no specific uh, historical significance of the name except that we do uh, um, have a couple rivers on our place and it's a very beautiful place. And that's something that just kind of fit for
1: us. Wow. That's awesome. One of the, the major reason of, of our chat, like I'd said before is, is talking about the charm female and that's Riverstone charm 50 C, uh, definitely a household name since 2015 in the show circuits through the Midwest and the United States and the national uh, limousine uh, circles or you know whether that's at the national junior show where I've seen some some pictures of you standing there with her but it's like I said we just we celebrate those victories as Canadians because it's just a tough market to crack into when you send one down South and it has such great success. And you know, I remember when you showed her mother at agribition that, uh, your fantasy cow that's HSF your fantasy because she was just so unique for the breed at that time. She stood out in that final row and for any Americans or people listening at uh, Canadian Western Agribition, there is a bred heifer jackpot show, and it is extremely prestigious to win that show. And it's called the First Lady Classic, and I believe your fantasy is the only limousine female to ever win that.
2: That's correct. Yeah. Uh,
1: so what was it that, like that was, taking her out?
2: Well, that was that was. Uh... it it was pretty special you know there's no denying it um i guess uh you know it goes back years and years you know of of breeding you know along that lineage but you know when you've got an animal in the barn that it doesn't matter what breed you had people came to look at um and so word got around about her um there were so many people that could not believe that she was a, a limousine female and uh you know, DNA uh, obviously proves all
1: that stuff, but uh, um, it, it was pretty special uh, year to be showing her. Yeah, and when she was out in that lineup, that black limousine heifer, she just, she had the style, she had the look, she had that extra width and dimension, <laughs> but she was still so feminine. Like, to me, I, I've never been able to see charmed in real life unfortunately but following along in pictures and winning like that's just no fluke that charm came out of that cow that's a that's just that continuation and and lineage and when we talk about great truly great cows are the ones that outbreed themselves and i had this discussion with uh justin morrison on on one of my previous episodes that you know, and I was talking about the Annie K cow with him, right? But I said those once-in-a-lifetime cows that then produce once-in-a-lifetime cows for other people, like how is that for you? How do you, you know, kind of comprehend or follow that up?
2: Well, I mean, uh, you know, like if I want to go back in history a little bit, you know, if you don't mind. Oh yeah, people uh, like love I, that. I, That's
1: one of my favorite parts of this podcast is the history of okay. of these cow yeah. families.
2: Well, I, I uh, I'm going to date back to the original cow that started it all, and, and this I bought a little heifer calf out of uh, um, from Texas uh, from an operation called NP Enterprises, and um, it, it all started from there. Um, then. I bought, bought her for my daughter, um, as I do for all my kids um, at, at when they were first born, so to speak, or thereabouts, and then um, she eventually, along the line, um, we bred her to uh, um, a national champion bull down in the U.S., and she produced uh, uh, a cow called Tinkerbell, and who is the grand dam of charm. Um, but then, uh, obviously, uh, uh, we we bred her, and that that produced uh, HSF Fantasy, um, and then Charm. And it's it's through obviously years of breeding. I mean, I'm not you know changing the wheel here or anything like that. But uh, you try to breed good ones to good ones, and uh, and uh, everything's turned out in, in in this case. And it's. Uh, it's pretty special when that happens. Um, you know, when you look at the fantasy cow and the charm cow, they are so unique to the Limousin breed that I, I don't know how you cannot fall in love with them. No matter what what cattle you have, and um, you know, it's just it's that same old thing. You know, there's there's show, there's show females, and then there's cows, and when you put the two together, that show females produce. Um, other show females and uh they become those cows that you
1: just absolutely have to have yeah the the type that you just hang your hat on right that continue your name the sp- you know just the brand the rep the reputation of your brand just explodes when you get your hands on those cattle and i love what you said there that it's goes back in these cow families it's the predictability i get stuck in this rut every now and then sitting on the quad looking at our cows and thinking to myself how do i make them better how do i make them better how do i make them better and what you said there just says you know you got to take those ones plan those matings and be patient with it because if you have the belief that they're going to work that's really the number one factor in bringing them and taking them forward if we hop back to that tinkerbell cow you know i know people will be able to look up pictures of uh your fantasy but just in terms of you know the physiological design of that tinkerbell cow what was she built like what was what was her you know style type wise do you see that in some of these riverstone charm offspring now or or any of that carrying through because you know, you get two, three generations away, and if you've been raising that cow family the whole time, you can still see those little things popping out.
2: Well, ab- absolutely. Uh, she was the one that probably bought, brought the power to the, the cow family. Um, she was a, a carousel NASDAQ daughter, and she was a big, broody cow, um, with a beautiful udder, but she brought a lot of power and was uh, um, You know, along that genetic line, we kept refining. um, You know, the the great attributes to every uh, next generation, and uh, but but that was the cow that, like I said, brought the power to it. It was uh, I can always remember when we showed her Mm -hmm. with with fantasy at side. um, That I remember when we were in and we had several people that came through and said that that was the best heifer calf that, that was in the whole barn. And that, that stuck on me. And, uh, you know, uh, it, it, it's always great confirmation when you have other breeders um, giving you compliments that way. We all think we've got great ones, you know, and uh, for the most part, that's true. But it's, when, you, when you get confirmation from other very well-respected uh, cattlemen, you know that was kind of the start of uh, everything with uh, with her outside of Tinkerbell.
1: Yeah, especially when the other like people from other breeds, established people, established breeders coming around to have a look and to see the quality. Right there's you know nowadays the the type and kind of a lot of a lot of the breeds or cattle are are starting to merge closer in in one lane as compared to say the seventies, eighties era, where there was lots of defined characteristics within each breed. If, if you're kind of getting where I'm going there.
2: Yeah, you're absolutely correct. You know, it's like we've all been trying to uh, raise those perfect ones, you know, and it, it doesn't happen overnight. It takes years and years of breeding and, uh, um,
1: trying different matings and,
2: and picking the, the right sires to, to mate the to each, uh, female. And, uh, like I said, it doesn't happen overnight.
1: So with, with these cows, like say Tinkerbell, did Highland own her? Did you also market piece of her? Did you market a piece of uh, your fantasy because you did sell charmed in your sale? Yeah. yeah.
2: Um, well, ultimately, uh, when I was with my dad, we were known as Highland Stock Farms, um, like I said. And but he owned his cattle, and I owned mine. Um, we were we still had the Highland prefix for everything. When my wife and I moved up to Olds, um, we were still under the Highland umbrella. But we wanted we, we started naming our cattle HSF, um, just as, as a little bit of a um, identity to. Our, our for ourselves yep. and uh, so T- Tinkerbell was one that we raised and produced um all along and uh, and that's where hSF fantasies um, you know is uh, obviously a daughter but it obviously uh, it, it comes through with that um then when we made the full change that's when we went over to R- Riverstone and uh, um, and then we've been separate from Highland uh, ever since
1: yeah and then the Riverstone, the first year of Riverstone sale, that's Riverstone Charmed, right? She led the sale off, your very first sale?
2: That's, that's correct, yeah. Huh. At that time, um, we were dabbling uh, in a little bit of everything. That was our first year we had our, our uh, production sale. We called it Forged and Fire, and we had a straight heifer calf sale, but we had uh, some limos, some angus, Shorthorns we had some clubbies and uh so we, we were really um for canada anyways we were kind of out on a limb having that many different breeds and all africans uh sort of intended for uh, uh the show ring and and whatever and uh, charm was definitely the the lead off uh female mm-hmm. um with that said uh like she was an embryo uh Cap herself but in that sale we did have some monopolies out of fantasy also and so she right. was not the only uh, um she definitely was the lead off but she wasn't the only star of that sale but
1: in that one yeah and i'll you know i'll give a quick shout out here to old layer layered edwards because if i don't you know he's gonna call me and talk my ear off if you're listening and you know Laird Edwards, you know he hardly says two words. But because I, uh, I had actually texted him a couple of days ago and just asked him about that because I maybe think he was a owner on Fantasy at one time and and he had just said uh, one of the best he'd ever owned. So I, you know, <laughs> for a man that hardly ever says anything when he put that back at me real quick, I you know that's uh, that's a big compliment coming from him right
2: yeah in in one of our uh uh production sales i guess it would have been uh, that fall that we showed fantasy as a baby calf. we we sold a half interest in her and and laird did buy half um and then uh since then we we bought that half back and so we solely own her uh today and and that was uh um, at, at the time we split embryos up and, uh, at the time that Charmed was, uh, 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 conceived and, uh, born, um, we had split embryos up. So she was solely ours at that time.
1: Mo Laird, you just yeah. missed out on that one. <laughs> that's, that's the way the cane splitting goes, hey? It,
2: it it does. <laughs> yeah,
1: does so. yeah so with with charmed i, ju- I just want to jump back again we're you know we're, we've uh, followed along really neat path there but from and talked about the maternal genetics that back charmed on the paternal side like sire side with durham wheat because i believe he was also a national champion bull himself
2: that's correct yeah
1: a- and where's he from
2: he, he was a bull that we bought uh, out of Pennsylvania um, from uh, Tub Mill uh, Creek, um, our good friends, John and Kitty Fish. Um He was uh, um, a bull that uh, we just absolutely loved. Um, we, had, we had actually bought his mother as a donor female uh, the year before, and at the time we were, weren't thinking that we really needed a bull, but we just liked him so much. Uh, we uh, added it, him to our program, and uh, he's been, uh, you know, phenomenal, especially on the on the female side, and uh, you know, obviously uh, that's Charms sire, uh, um, and it it just it, it clicked, it, it really did.
1: So with your fantasy still being alive, are you still flushing her, or is she now living the? The life of luxury in the front pasture, having a natural calf and and uh, getting a bit of extra attention?
2: Um. Well, to be honest with you, uh, since Charm went and did uh, as well as she did, and obviously her progeny is carrying on the same, we struck a deal uh, with KLS Farms uh, down in the U.S., and they've got a, we, we basically have leased.
1: Uh, fantasy out to them and she's currently uh, flushing down the trans Oh, ah that's neat it that's is really uh, neat. good little know, promotion mean, for them too and you know in terms of talking about that line of genetics and, and what they're producing there that's correct yeah ah uh, cool is Durham wheat still kicking around he'd be what he'd be 10 um, 10 or 14 well
2: to be honest with you, I can't tell you that. Uh, we uh, in in this—it's been kind of a whirlwind tour um, since a lot of all this has happened. Uh, we had an offer to uh, uh, sell him, and we sold him to uh, a place in Michigan, uh, Sugarbush uh, Farms, and uh, it was uh, one of those deals that he was, uh, I believe, a five or six-year-old, and usually you don't trade too many. Uh, uh, mature sires at that time, but uh, because of what he had do- did with Charmed and uh, the, the resulting sibs uh, uh, and, and things like, he he moved on from our place down there. And uh, to be honest with you, I don't know. I think he's changed hands even since then too. Right. Um, but I can't tell you if he's alive. It, it would be unlikely at yeah. at that age.
1: <laughs> he, he he ended up. In the United States of America. And <laughs> that's just kind of how that goes. This is a maybe a little bit off the shoulder question, off the hip question from me, but like one thing I talk a lot on this podcast about is building a network and the people you meet and, you know, getting off your butt and going and seeing people, building your own network. It's not going to happen on its own. So do you have any insight on, You know, we've talked a lot about genetics coming up from the United States, Texas, Pennsylvania, uh, Wisconsin, you know, other states that just briefly mentioned here, you know, within building your network. Do you have a comment on that before we just finish our little dive into uh, and we'll finish up diving into charm after that? Just any comments about that networking side of things?
2: Well, I guess uh one thing that's always stuck in my head is my my grandpa always said that if you think this is a cattle business, you're wrong. It's a people business, and if if you don't make those networks, then you'll never have the cattle. And it's uh, it's the relationships that you uh, make that make this uh, this business go around.
1: Clausen Cattle Equipment is back with the livestock podcast. As our season sponsor for season two. And without them, we wouldn't be able to bring you such wonderful content every month. So, welcome, Cole, to the podcast. Please uh, tell us a little about Claussen Cattle Equipment.
2: Claussen Cattle Equipment is proud to be manufacturing premium quality livestock equipment since 2008. We strive to do so in a way that keeps not only our customers happy, but also our valued employees. We believe that honesty, integrity, community, friendship, and family are important for everyone. Find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and be sure to check out our website, com for all up-to-date information, pricing, and the latest contact information. Call Cole at 780-205-4945.
1: And make sure that you find Claussen Cattle Equipment, and that's Claussen with a K at ClaussenCattleEquipment.com. So with those relationships, are you meeting these people in real life, just calling them up uh, one morning or an evening and introducing yourself and having a visit and then extending those conversations in the future? Or, you know, like what's your style of network building?
2: Well, I, I I don't know if I really have a style. <laughs> you know, it's it's a variety of things. Um, you know, sometimes it's just picking up the phone and 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 making uh, new acquaintances. You know, sometimes you're meeting them on the show road or at at cattle sales, and um, it's it, it's a variety of things. Definitely.
1: Come on, Tim. You've got your own style. You you've usually got the best beard in the barn wherever you show up. Arch dreams of having a beard like you.
2: <laughs> well <laughs> well I, I guess I am recognizable I guess <laughs> yeah.
1: so after you're done you know listeners after you're done and listening to us or say you're googling on your phone quick and pulling up pictures of Riverstone Charmed when you look at the picture of uh, oh shoot her name just skipped my brain Ms. Ratliff. um, Oh, oh, Madison? There we go. Thank you. When you look at their picture-winning junior nationals with Riverstone Charm 50C, on the very right-hand side, you'll see Tim and Kim there. And Tim's got his sweet beard. So very recognizable, Tim. Part of the brand. (laughs) Yeah. With – and again – this is a a simulcast podcast with Matt. I've had a long relationship, long-standing business partnership with Matt, going back a lot of years, and we've done a little bit of business over over those deals. But you know, just in terms of charmed herself. So, you know, do, do you have any neat stories about when she was born, or as she's coming up, was she always kind of a standout, and then? You know, as a a really great article written by Katie Songer in the top, from the Top Stock Magazine, November 2016, you know, she outlines how the Ratliff's found Charmed herself. So I just wondered if you wanted to go through that story a little bit with me right now. But, you know, it's that Charmed Cow. Gosh, she's just getting it done. And you talk about, a powerhouse that left broken hearts and egos behind her in the ring. And then now is just kicking some serious ass as a cow. That's what we all want to produce. That is the goal. So, you know, just a, her background story is you kind of see it and and leading up to hopping on a plane to fly down to Kentucky. Was it where that junior national show was? I'll, I'll let you talk.
2: Yeah, that's correct in Lexington. So well, you know, it was it's kind of a, a pretty cool story. Um, you know, now don't get me wrong, we always thought that she was pretty special. Um, but uh well, moving forward, we uh we had planned our force in fire, the all breeds heifer cap sale, and at that time we decided that we weren't gonna show. It was gonna be too tough for us to be in four different barns all at once promoting the cattle. And so um, we went up to Edmonton, which is the first uh, sort of major Canadian show, and to to watch and promote. Um, I I ran into uh, Herman Simmons and Gail Ratna. And uh, I hadn't seen both of them in a long time. And uh, Gail, as everyone knows, is called Tough. But anyways, we were kind of just BSing on what they were doing, what we were doing. And he he mentioned at the time that his grandchildren were uh, doing a lot of show heifers and uh, everything was so, so expensive to go and buy those great ones. And the one thing that he really wanted to do was find a limousine, a purebred limousine show heifer. And they just had a tough time finding one. And I happened to have a handful of catalogs and I said, well, I'm going to do my due diligence and I'm going to give you this catalog. And, uh, I think you should take a look at uh, lot one and, uh, or lots one through four, cause they were all fantasies. And, uh, so anyways, long story short, he, uh, you know, we said our goodbyes and on a day later when Herman and, uh, um, tub were uh, heading south. They called me and said, uh, "Can we stop by? I, I really want to look at these peppers." And uh, he, he stopped in, and uh, it was almost a, uh, you know, a, a mid mid uh, November snowstorm. That uh, wasn't real pretty out, but uh, he, he spent Alberta. a couple hours. Yeah, exactly. He, he spent a couple hours, and he had an iPad. He was taking some videos and. Um, you know, just uh, uh, some natural uh, shots and uh, um, he said he'll have to um, talk to david and um, and go from there but then uh, you know it would be a, probably a week later or so David uh, called me and and we we really started getting down to sort talking about first and uh um, because David didn't have a passport so he at the time, and so he couldn't make it up. So he was kind of relying on my word and uh, the, the videos that Tubb was taking. And uh, our, our sale at that time was in December, so it wasn't very far after Tubb was there. And uh, we uh, I can remember when Tubb was interested in one Durham wheat being charmed and one Monopoly, And uh, he was kind of going back and forth and um, that, anyways, uh, through talking to David, uh, so the charm female sort of hit what they were looking for. So I was on the phone with him at our sale. And uh, I can remember when I first contacted him, you know, to get ready for it, he was uh, sitting in their local gym uh, at, at their kid's basketball. So he had to step out. But he was kind of torn on what to do, and uh, anyway, the long story short is he water, and uh, um, we met up in Billings, Montana, you know, a, a month later or so, and uh, the rest is history, I guess.
1: Yeah. Then you know, Madison gets in touch with what she affection calls Arissa the limmy as you know, outlined in that. In that uh, piece in the Top Stock magazine. And like shoot. That's the. Really the only cow that. That exists. I believe she is the only cow that exists. That was the supreme heifer in Louisville. And then. Was the mother of the dam. Of another supreme heifer in Louisville. And then that same year. Also having a supreme. A daughter being supreme heifer in Houston. Like When you talk about the track record you know i I encourage everyone to go back to that top stock uh, magazine article and read all of those show listings that she had won up to the time that that story was published like that's a a laundry list and the track record of her and every picture that you study of that heifer she just seemed to get better every show she just looked better she looked better she Scaled the right way, she filled out. Just I don't know if she'll. You know, she's one of those type that. You she probably never has a bad day.
2: Well, uh, I'll be honest with you. You know, I mean, when when you sell uh, anything, you uh, you hope that they go to good places, and uh, charms got put into the right hands, and they knew how to uh, get her ready. They knew. How to uh, um, feed? They do how to show. They they were uh, professional in every aspect, and I couldn't couldn't ask for a, a better place for her to go. And you know, like a, I raised her, I sold her, and they they took it from there, and they they really made her into what she is today.
1: Yeah, and you know, it's twenty twenty two, but. You know, congratulations to the Ratliff family again on all the success that they've had with that cow. And now these matings, because wasn't her didn't her first embryo calf have four, four maybe all top five at a at the percentage show at the junior nationals too. Like this cow's now her progeny's winning list. Her progeny's track record earnings, dollars, generation. Like that's outshining her show career. And again, I just think back to those once in a lifetime cows and getting into fifty C herself. There's you know, that's the third generation of a lifetime cow, if you know what I'm saying. Absolutely. But mm-hmm.
2: but ultimately that's what that's what they're supposed to do. They're supposed to outproduce themselves. now now, rarely does one like this come around like that but uh she's she's doing what
1: she's supposed to yeah and and then now with riverstone charm being known by the ratliff and 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 the Linharts, um like for yourself do you have any full sibs to her in production or had you ever sold other full sibs like you talked about 50c being from the et program and you would sold some monopolies that same year i remember a couple of the monopoly heifers uh but you know just did you sell some other stuff or have you made some for yourself that you're going to pull out for a rainy day or like what are your thoughts on that
2: well we have sold the other heifer calves and uh um and embryos like uh the fantasy cow kind of took off right after that and Um, we, uh, kind of put her into, uh, uh, full-time ET, uh, production and she did, uh, a a decent job as far as producing eggs. Um, but then we had to give her a break because, uh, um, as as every, uh, flush cow needs. And then, uh, then, then a deal came up where we were leasing her out and, um, it's, uh, it's good for everybody. So it's uh, I hate to say it, but the, the, everything that we've had
1: mm-hmm.
2: has uh, kind of been sold. Yep. Um, it's just been that popular. Like it's it, it,
1: it's hard to say no. Oh yeah, well, one of those deals where it's you're just so fortunate, and and she's still there, and and banging them out, and you know if you go out and you you know y'all are building your herd too, and there's some other Durham wheats or potentially. Some other Tinkerbell daughters kicking around within the herd. So it's, you know, I just find that very interesting when we talk about those ET programs and and maximizing that momentum because when you find that spark, when you feel that momentum coming into your program, it's just hard to say no because it can stop at any time.
2: That, that's correct. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Yeah. So, did when when uh, charmed started going out down South where did yourself and Kim really follow her closely? You know, did you develop a close relationship with the Ratliff family? Uh, you know, just the back and forth of her, uh, you know, any other neat stories from there before we begin to wrap up?
2: Uh, nothing really neat. You know, we definitely, uh, kept in touch with them, especially during the show career. Um, we, we took a trip down, and um, one of the major shows that they wanted to win uh, was the National Junior Show, and uh, so we, we did take a trip down. to. That, that was the only time we saw our uh, show live um, down in the U.S., down in Lexington, Kentucky, and, uh, you know, it was a fun trip for us. Uh, we, we got to enjoy in all the success without having to do any of the work, so to speak. Um, but but obviously we were uh on the edge of our seat uh, um watching uh, the, the live stream for Louisville. Mill and that was uh pretty amazing, you know. So it's uh um you know, just uh uh quietly watching from afar, so to speak.
1: Yeah. Yeah. With her progeny and you know what brings us together and discussing this a little bit right now too with a simulcast with you know Matt Lautner's The Big Show podcast uh, you know and now having his jumpstart bull and I'm quite excited because Matt and Michelle are going to test that bull and send some semen up to me in the fall for next breeding season for breeding season in 2023 and like honestly, I'm I'm pretty fired up for that, not only to offer that bull out there to those that are you know looking for something a little bit different, whether that's in the show cattle world, trying to make that next generation a stout enough, really well built mama cows to breed back onto something different. But, you know, there could be a neat little dabble opportunity of him into the purebred market, uh you know just from jump starts perspective uh you know just from the pictures and whatever you've seen of that bull do you have any comments on him
2: uh you know i i i, I, I gotta be proud of him you know so to speak that i think he's he's outstanding you know i mean uh, he's he's following right in those traditional tradition uh footsteps that uh, uh you know from charmed and you know, I, I like the, you will know,
1: do a world of good to any operation. Yeah, I think so too. And the confidence you can have breeding on the lineage of that charm cow of the fantasy cow, you know, heck even getting back into the Tinkerbell cow, that's cow families prove out no matter what cow families prove out. Absolutely.
2: Yeah
1: before we wrap up i just wanted to touch back on the angus program i i saw some ads and and posts shared around on facebook about your vegas bull that coors rosebud and six mile all uh, purchased together and they had a click to claim semen sale so is there anything you wanted to touch on from the angus side we've really talked lots about the limousine side, you know, especially charm, but, you know, you're a century plus Angus outfit. So any, uh, light to shed on, on that side of the program?
2: Well, that, that's sort of been our main focus in the last couple of years. Um, you know, it's, uh, the, the, the limos did us a, a world of good, but it just seems, uh, the it, it was, it was getting tougher up here selling the the type of animals that i like as far as the limo green um as as we talk about fantasy and charm being so unique you know we, we kind of have our vision of the animals we like and it, it was getting getting a little tougher to sell bulls especially um where you know, like like we we were one of the first people to sort of adopt the limb flex program up here, and there was still a lot of people that just wanted traditional limbs, and so you know we've we've sort of gone more of the way of Angus. Um, we've like you said, we've had them for over a hundred years, um, but we've really concentrated more in that direction. And uh that's been our, our, our main focus um for uh for, for especially on the maternal tree, you know that uh that you could see throughout all of our cattle,
1: I guess. Oh yeah, no well, that's that's real neat and you know, from the perspective of you know how we probably know each other more now with you know, following along your You know, one of your middle kids has had a lot of success with some steers at the Calgary Stampede. And, you know, that just looks like a real fun family outing for you, you know, in the barn. And as we're talking on the phone here, you've been out chasing some hockey games with your your son. And I find that, uh, you know, something unique. And for any Americans listening... Yes, we do take hockey seriously up here, and, and the playoffs are going on right now, so it's being talked about an extra amount. So, uh, you know, anything to talk about or wrap up with, with those deals or maybe giving Kim's uh, Kim's business a shout-out too?
2: Well, I, I, I've always said uh, everyone asks how we're doing, so to speak, and, you know, I say it's kids and cows. You know, if we're not chasing after one, it's the other. And, uh, I wouldn't have it any other way. And so it's, uh, this is our life. We're a family farm. You know, it's just, uh, my wife and, uh, my, uh, two younger kids. My two older kids live in the town of old and are starting to forge their own way in life. And, uh, um, you know, it's, uh, it's what we do. And, uh. My wife, uh, does, uh, uh, is a graphic artist. So she does, uh, a lot of magazines, a lot of catalogs and, um, you know, it's, uh, I'm, I'm very fortunate to have a in-house photographer, um, magazine maker, you know, so it's, uh, we do everything, uh, you know, that, uh, um, together to, to, to uh, market our animals and, um, we're there for our kids 100 percent of the time and you know it's uh um
1: it, it's our way of life so your last tidbit of advice for us before we before you tell us how to get a hold of you and that is how does your family do picture day so well every year and still talk to one another so much
2: well, we kind of have the running joke, but it's called divorce day. And if we can get through that, then our marriage is uh, going to gonna last. Yeah.
1: The and next so, day, it's uh, just as spicy as the day you first met.
2: <laughs> yeah, absolutely.
1: <laughs> so how do the listeners of the Livestock Podcast and MLC's The Big Show get in touch with you if they want to stop by, which I strongly encourage, or look you up online, find your your sales or or uh genetic offerings
2: well probably for the the sense of uh these purposes uh we're at riverstonecattle.com um that would be the easiest on our website and uh you know we've got all the information there got our uh, phone numbers there we're uh 10 miles west of old which is uh about an hour north of calgary which is obviously a major city and a major international city for uh um, flights and all that and we're always open for visitors
1: awesome well i sure appreciate you hopping on with me giving me a little bit of your time and transit back and forth from hockey and you know talking about your program and and about the that prolific cow that we keep hearing lots about and Riverstone charm 50 C because, you know, again, she's got dual citizenship and, you know, we're, we're proudest punch of her as a Canadian industry and business. And, and just a final congratulations from me on, on uh, the success of your breeding program. Well, thank you very much. You bet you take care, Tim. Thanks again, Tim Matthews, Riverstone Cattle Company of Olds, Alberta, for giving me your time tonight to discuss Riverstone Charm 50C, The her lineage, you know, really cow families prove out like we said. I was told one time by one of my mentors, a strong cow herd will get you through a poor breeding decision anytime. And when you layer those strong cow families together, you find those right matings and those bulls, man, you can really hit one out of the park. Again, although a lot of it stemmed from twenty sixteen, but even on today, congratulations to the Ratliff family and what they've done for really popping off and making that limousine breed, you know, probably being the catalyst as popular as it is right now. And really I see that from Afar far up here sitting at my kitchen table in Hepburn, Saskatchewan. Uh, Just watching that industry in the United States really blow up. Thanks again to Matt Lautner with MLC's The Big Show podcast and uh, bringing this idea forward and putting out a simultaneous podcast together. I'm really excited for when we get the jumpstart bull up here in Canada and to be able to offer him on the open market in 2023. So sure appreciate you tuning in. Find us on all the social media networks. It's at LifestockPod, and that's Lifestock with an F. Sure appreciate your time and listening. If you're new from the simultaneous podcast out there, thanks a bunch. Make sure you find us on your favorite podcatcher. Until then, we'll be talking with you soon.